The Spur of the Moment podcast is proudly presented by Shane Daigie, Realtor of Always Here Properties. Selling your home, buying your home, first-time buyers, investors, and seasoned home buyers. Call or text 512-540-1626, and I'll be glad to help with all of your real estate needs. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Spur of the Moment podcast. I'm your host, Shane Daigie. And I'm your co-host, Drew Daigie. Welcome to episode 107 of Spur of the Moment. Yeah, coming straight from the Simonator Studios in the heart of Texas, the Spurs <laughs> lost a heartbreaker to the Dallas Mavericks in the final ball game of the 2022 calendar year. They lost to the Mavericks by one point. They uh, had it close up until the end and... Trey Jones got to the line, a 91% free throw shooter, and he hit the first one and then missed the next one, leaving the Mavericks with a 126-125 to win over the Spurs in the last game of the year. Drew, what were your thoughts? Yeah, really um, upsetting. I mean, we were listening to this game, and we surely thought that this game would go into overtime with Trey Jones being up there at the line. But no, Trey Jones had a lot of pressure on him, and he ended up missing the free throw, which really upset me. But uh, it's all right, though. But in this game, we shot 55.3% from the field and 42.1% from three-point range, and we shot 71% from the free throw line in an upsetting loss against Dallas. Yeah, and we, I mean, there were moments where the Spurs seemed to start pulling away a little bit and trying to get that lead, but uh, it just didn't happen. And so that drops the Spurs' record at 12 wins, 24 losses on the season. That's good for fourth worst in the NBA and uh, brings the Mavericks' record to 21 and 16 overall record. And that's, uh, you know, the Mavericks are going to be one of those teams to look out for in the playoffs. Luka Doncic for them, he ended up with uh, 51 points, which is seeming to be his kind of thing lately as he's lighting up the scoreboard. But speaking of Luka, we're going to listen to Jeremy Sohan, who had the task of guarding him for some of the night. Um, You know, of course it's, you know, hard to stop a guy like that, but I think it's just, you know, being physical with him, uh, getting him a little irritated. Um, But, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Uh, He's very patient with everything he does. Um... He knows the angles. He knows to, you know, pump fake, uh, all the little things to, you know, get fouled. So he's, he's really smart. I think it helps a lot. Um, I feel like, you know, I try and rise to the challenge, you know, try and compete. So I feel like it helps a lot. Um, I think it's just fun. It excites me and it's entertaining for me to, you know, go against the best players. Yeah, I think it's just... So going against the best player, Luca, and that's one of the reasons that we drafted Jeremy Sohan. If you noticed last year's team... We didn't have anybody that could come at some of the elite players in the league, but Sohan gives us the capability to put a big body, and guess what? He's only going to get better as his career goes on. So, anyway, that's words from him. Let's get to our top two, bottom two segment. Drew, who were your top two? Let's get you to start at this one. Okay, I sure will. All right, so my number one was uh, Keldon Johnson. I really liked his game. He had four threes. He hit four of five from three-point land. Uh, Ended up with 30 points overall and just leading score again for us. Uh, my number two player was the guy we just heard from, Jeremy Sohan. I really liked his game. He had 20 points, six rebounds, knocked down a couple threes, uh, four of six free throws, you know, two assists, one steal, six boards, 
And uh, I just thought Sohan had a great night. Plus, having to do all that against the games, one of the game's top players on the other end of the court against Luca. So that's why Jeremy's my number two. What about you? Yeah, so my number one is Jakob Pertl. In this game, Jakob Pertl had 19 points, 15 rebounds, six assists, shooting seven of 10 from the field in 30 minutes. A really good game from Jakob Pertl, one of his best of the year. And I'd like to ask how he didn't make your top two. <laughs> well, obviously I have some Sohan bias, and that's yeah. a good question. I am a huge Jeremy Sohan fan. And, uh, you know, Jakob had a great game, and I, I like Jakob. I'm not saying anything against him. What what changed, what tilted the scales for me was Sohan's 20 points to Jakob 19. And uh, and the fact that... More rebounds, more assists. And I'm not talking about just numbers. And the fact that he had to guard one of the best players in the NBA on the defensive side and still put up 20 on his side. So that's why Sohan's mine. Why do you think Jakob was more deserving than Sohan? Um, He played good defense, Jakob Pertl. Um, Sohan allowed Luka Doncic to get about 30 points on him. But... um, it's it's close, okay. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. It's close, and you could have picked either one. And I get the bias coming from you, so I I, I am biased. If you haven't learned by now, I'm a huge Jeremy Sohan fan, and uh, that's why I went with him. So yeah, that bias probably helped me win over a little bit since I got called out on it. All right, so Yalcom's my number one, and my number two is Keldon Johnson. Keldon Johnson had a 30 point game with four rebounds. And he shot 10 of 19 from the field and 4 of 5 from the three-point line. In 36 minutes, he was knocking down a lot of shots and a great night from Keldon Johnson. So those are my top two. All right. Let's get to the bottom two. My number one, and his overall stat line may not contribute to this, but uh, I know Drew's going to call me on that one. But Trey Jones was my number one on my bottom two. You get that opportunity with a 91% free throw shooter, and you're, you're in that game, and you have the chance to tie it up, and you miss the free throw to tie it up, to me, that warranted number one on the bottom two. My second one of the bottom two was another guard for us, Romeo Langford. He was 0 of 6 shooting and uh, just didn't able, wasn't able to put up points, plus or minus watchers. He had a minus 16, which was our team's worst. Um, so Romeo Langford was my number two on my bottom two. Drew, who were yours? Yeah, so for my number one bottom two, I had Romeo Langford, who was your number two. Romeo Langford had a really tough game, not even scoring a point. He had zero points. He had two assists, but he shot 0 of 6 from the field and 0 of 1 from the three-point range in 17 minutes. So I think he's got to be number one and on your bottom two list. But my second bottom two, I went with Josh Richardson. In this game, he had four points, four boards, Turned the ball over two times and shot two or four from the field in 17 minutes. So he made my bottom two list. All right. Now it's time for the segment of our show called the question of the day. Remember, you can text your questions at 512-540-1626. Tonight's question comes from Daryl in Burnett, Texas. And normally we keep our questions as Spurs questions, but I think this was a fair question to ask. Is Luka, Luka Doncic, the best player in the NBA? Drew, your thoughts? Yeah, so here, uh, it's a great question. I would not call him the best player in the NBA yet. Um, I think there's about four guys that you could argue that are better than him. I'll name them out for you, though. Um, Giannis, Nikola Jokic, 
Kevin Durant, and it's very close, but Steph Curry, but I'd probably give the edge to Luka Doncic. But I would not say he's the best player in the league yet because he hasn't uh, done anything in the playoffs yet. But he might do that this year, and we can watch out for that. Okay. Well, for me, I trust the eye test, and I've got to watch him. And I was, I've been thoroughly amazed with him from the start. Um, when I first saw him play for the Mavericks, I was kind of in awe. And it's crazy because I try to hate the Mavericks as as best as possible, just kind of like the Rockets. I just don't like the in-state in rivals. But I've watched them a lot over the past few years. And, Daryl, I will tell you this. If he's not the best, I agree with Drew. He's in the top five. Um, in my opinion, I think he's definitely in the conversation. I think Nikola Jokic and uh, Kevin Durant, to me, are the, the two that may sit above him. Um, Giannis, I think, is is similar but a different player. I just like the fact, if you're really getting down to it, I like the guys that can do things, passing, rebounding, uh, shooting, defending, all the things. And Luka's gotten a lot better at defending than early on in his career. But uh, So I, I don't think he's there yet, Daryl, but he's definitely in the discussion. So thanks for your question. All right, let's get to this day in Spurs history. Drew, what you got for us? Yeah, so I'm going to take us back to New Year's Eve, December 30th, 31st, 2014, where the Spurs hosted the New Orleans Pelicans in an overtime showdown and a really close game. Manu Ginobili ended up getting the bucket to win it. We ended up winning this game 95-93. to Our leading scorer in this game was Manu Ginobili, who had 26 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists, coming off the bench. A really good game from him. We also had Tim Duncan, who had 16 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, chipping in 3 blocks like he always does. And we had Marco Bellinelli, the final double-digit scorer, who put up 10 points, and two boards in this game, and a Spurs win to improve their record to 20-14 and 14 on in the 2014 season. That's a good one, and I don't know if you did that on purpose, but the fact that their record was 20-14 and 14 in 2014 yeah. is pretty awesome. So that's a great find. Thanks for this day in Spurs history, Drew. All right, now it's time to preview the upcoming game, the first game of the 2023 calendar year, the Spurs travel to Brooklyn to play the Nets, one of the best teams in the NBA. Obviously, speaking of Kevin Durant, he's on the Nets, so that's going to be an interesting matchup for the Spurs. Um, Drew, what can you tell us about the Brooklyn Nets? Yeah, so the Nets had a rough yard, a rough start to the year with a tough game. They ended up um, firing their head coach, or he uh, left, but... After that, they've been phenomenal. They're currently on an 11-game win streak. They've been playing really good basketball because they have a really good dynamic duo between Kevin Durant, who's been putting up 30 points, 7 boards, 5 assists. They also have Kyrie Irving, who's been putting up 26 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists. Nicholas Claxton, who's putting up 12 points, 8 rebounds. And then there's a whole bunch of guys that average about nine to eight points, and they just have really good depth. So I think the Nets are a really good team, and it's going to be really tough to beat this team. Yeah, I, I agree. I think uh, the Nets are really, really intriguing to me. Obviously, you have Durant and you have Kyrie Irving, but that coaching change 
seem to have done wonders for them. And they're kind of breathing new life and they've been on a pretty steady roll. And I, I think as they build up momentum, they're definitely one of the uh, top four teams in that Eastern Conference and uh, maybe even the top Easily, if you get yeah, down yeah. to it. So uh, going to be an interesting matchup for them. And I always like watching. I know he's a polarizing guy with, you know, offbeat opinions and whatnot, but Kyrie Irving is a really talented basketball player. Best dribblers, best dribbler in the league. Yeah, he's, he's pretty solid. But uh, I'm going to go with my player to go off and my prediction. So my player to go off, I was a little influenced by uh, Drew's top two because I did think he had an awesome game. But Jakob is my guy this game. He's going to go off and have a great night against the uh, – uh, the Brooklyn Nets. The Las Vegas odds have the Nets winning by 11.5. That's what the spread is. I'm going to say the Nets are going to win by 15. I think they're going to over overshoot that spread that Vegas has. I think the Spurs are going to come up on the short end of the stick in the first game of the 2023 calendar year. Drew, what about you? Yeah, so my player to go off is also Joachim Pertle. I'm rolling with him again. In his last game against the Nets, Pertle had 15 points and 11 rebounds and two block shots. I'm rolling with him. He also had a good game last night. So I'm rolling with Joachim Pertle. And my prediction for this game I think the Nets are going to take this one by six points. Um, the Nets are really good right now, and I think it's going to be tough to beat them. All right. Thanks for that. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us on the Spur of the Moment podcast. We're excited for this new year, and I think there's a nice little Christmas present waiting for us in June as this year wraps up. But it'll also be fun to watch the Spurs team develop and uh, and grow a little bit as the year moves on. So thanks for joining us. Drew, would you take us home, please? Yes, thank you, everybody, for joining us. And as always, go Spurs, go! <laughs>